friends at Tivoli Brewing Company and the Department of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at MSU Denver, this is Unfiltered. And here are your hosts, Jay Schrader and Dr. Samuel Jay. Circuitous route. Circuitous. 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 No. First off, um, Jonathan, I want to apologize for being late. You can pick up your mic now. Oh, I wasn't going to shake your hand. I was going to say pick up your Why? mic. Why? Are you sick? No. I mean. It's good. So don't shut it off. Just leave it on. Okay? And don't and come in here as close sh- as Don't be want. shy about don't it, but, shy. Don't, but don't do a J and like. Don't eat your mic. Lick it. Yeah. Don't eat your mic. So there's apparently like a very fine line between. Yeah. I don't know. For you, for months, weeks. Someday when you sell enough of these hats, we'll get some new mics. We'll make it happen. I just need a new mic cover. So we're at Tivoli today. Everybody knows where that is, but we have a very special guest. Cheers, everybody at Tivoli. Colorado Beer Man? Is that, is that, your, is that your moniker? That's Handle. Your yeah, handle. I mean, that's actually my, my real name. Changed <laughs> <laughs> to Colorado yeah. Beer Man. All right, yeah. McLovin, I want to see the driver's right, license. Yeah, yeah. And your real name, sir, is? My real name, yes. besides Colorado Beer Man, is yeah. uh, Jonathan Shikes. And what is your profession? Uh, well, I worked for as an editor at Westward for 10 years, okay. and um, I left about three years ago, and now I do freelance writing and editing uh, out of my house. This and guy's you, journalism pedigree far outweighs ours. It's a little bit better, right? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, he's kind of underselling himself. He is the Denver craft beer expert. I think that that's, a safe, that's a safe thing to say. Right. I'll, anybody's a better expert at this than you or me. So finally, we're going to get some honest an- answers about Weldworks. You know, it could oh. be. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, no loaded questions early on, please. No loaded questions. All right. So how did you get into doing this thing? How did you get into craft beer? What's the story? What's the history? Um, so I uh, I started homebrewing, actually, when I was 17. Okay. Um, I, I was old enough to drink 3.2 beer in Denver. Uh, I got in under the under the wire um, so before they 19... changed it to twenty one. Never mind, we're not going to do the math. Yeah, don't do the math. Yeah, he looks like a young fellow though. He does. Yeah. He wears that beard well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and um, but a friend of mine did not, so he knew where a home brewing store was, and uh, we went down and started uh, started home brewing. Okay. So that was in 1987, and after that, I just uh, I always I drink plenty of you know mass-produced beers, but I also love trying everything else I could get my hands on. So you guys started kind of right at the beginning of that first phase in craft brewing, right? Yeah, I mean, I was yeah I was brewing right when all those uh, you know when the um, Odell's and the New Belgiums of the world were getting started. Okay. And so, what craft beer shop did you or craft brew shop did you go to? Is it still around? Uh, it is not still around. It was okay. on Sixth and Washington. It was called the Wine and Hops Shop, Wine and nice. um, okay. I think there's a cigar place there now, or uh, right by uh, Don's Mixed Drinks. Yeah, it's right around there. Yep. yep. Nice. Good yeah. memory. Okay. I got a poll right there, huh? That, that was, was that was strong. Pretty. Yeah. That. I, geographically, I got this covered. Let me ask you this, because we've been hearing a lot about all these guys that got into brewing because they couldn't drink legally. What the hell were your parents thinking? Like when when you're bringing home all these ingredients and you're throwing them into a big barrel full of yellow liquid that's supposed to end up ultimately carbonated. I have I've been wondering this for months now. What I mean, what kind of parents did you even have? Were they around? I mean, latchkey kid? I don't you, know what my parents were thinking exactly, okay. <laughs> but we mostly brewed over at my friend's house though. Okay. So. Okay. You just told everybody it was a science experiment or? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't I mean, we had like 
numerous like boil over accidents and ex- beers that exploded in the freezers when we were trying to make them cold. <laughs> I mean, so, and, and uh, you know, bubbling carboys in the basement. So I don't really know what my parents were thinking or if they just thought it was. I, I have no idea, to be honest. Don't worry. We're working in the lab today. Yeah. So where did you start? What was the first beer that you brewed then? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember the first beer we brewed. But we tried everything from, you know, from Charlie Papazian's book. That's uh-huh. what we had. And, um, you know, English Miles and Stouts and Porters. Uh, I think we did a Doppelbach. Um, we did Pale Ales. Just whatever whatever he had, we, we worked on. And uh, the, the bottles, um, you know, they we would end up with like an, maybe an inch of yeast in the bottom of every bottle. Okay. And uh, But, you know, we read all the everything in his book, and it just said you can drink the yeast. Nothing you're going to do is going to kill you. Okay. So we were like, all right. But you it. lost your best friend. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. May you rest in peace. May you rest in peace. Yeah. By the way, you keep looking at these two. These are our flunkies. So these two follow us yeah. around. If you have, if yeah, yeah. Like, we did the intros already. Yeah, there was yeah. They were carrying the heavy heavy load conversation while I was John really Reef, just trying to get a beer. John Reeve and Mark Boucher are here. Yeah. Honor- University of uh, see, MSU Denver employees, by the way. Yeah, so, honorary unfiltered guests, yeah, our hosts. Sure. Excuse me. So... I assume living out here, right, you're having to drink a lot of Coors and Coors Light and all of that. What was it about craft beer on the palate that you appreciated so much at a young age, too? Yeah, it just um, it just tasted so good. I mean, I love drinking beer. I, I Beer was always a thing that I um, enjoyed drinking. And, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get, Sorry, we'll, get that we'll come back to that. No, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is totally this is unfiltered for a reason, by the way. We, yeah, don't, we don't edit anything unless it's... You know, really super unsavory. Yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Good. Um, I, I just, I just love the way they all, they all tasted. You know, they just had crazy different tastes to them yeah. and flavors, and it was fun. It made it a lot more fun to drink when something tastes good. So, all right, that's a fair enough answer. So, I did some research, Sam, um, while you were racing through the parking lot to find a illegal spot to leave your vehicle. Uh-huh. Um, that was this morning. But go ahead. Right, it probably happened a couple of times yes, today. Jonathan apparently matriculated out of the city of Denver to UC Santa Cruz for a time. Okay, was the beer scene different while you were in college, or did it help reinforce your craft desires? Or I mean, how did that shake out for you? How did that shake out for you? Yeah. Shakes out for <laughs> you. I like that. That's good. I I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to you know craft, and I mean, I drank whatever beer I could get. We could get. Six packs of hams for two dollars and two cents. Jesus, and we what would just stack them up dead. on on top of each other and and um, buy them and walk out. You know, walk out and tell and the clerk to cut you off when you ran out of money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> tell us when to stop. Yeah, I I mean we could scrounge together, you know, dollars and pennies and whatever it was. But I also there were two breweries actually in Santa Cruz and I was there. Uh, Front Street Brewing was there and um, Seabright Brewing, which is still around, okay. uh, was there too. And uh, so we. You know, we had plenty of beers down at those places, um, which was a lot of fun. But I wasn't really to me. It was strange that there were you could brew beer that, that anyone could brew beer that you could open a restaurant and actually have a brewing system because I felt like that was just something the big you know huge manufacturers could do. Right, right. Uh, so okay, so so you're going to school. How did you get into journalism and writing and editing and doing all that? Was that straight out of school? No, I left. Um, I uh, I left. After college, I uh, spent two years kind of roaming around, and then I went to a grad school uh, at Northwestern for journalism, got a master's degree in journalism, uh, came back to Denver, had a lot of different small journalism jobs over the years, uh, went to Westward for a few years, moved to California for five years, 
came back and worked at Westward again. So, so we've got a dude who went to Northwestern's journalism school, and we're doing an interview with him. Like this, he probably just thinks we're total turds. Yeah, we're wasting his fucking yeah. time. <laughs> we are wasting. Like these guys we're, are terrible. We got this shit off the yeah. ground thirty minutes late. The guy can't drink for a beer podcast. That degree in rhetoric and whatever your IDP degree are really paying off. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, they I think they called it um, fake banking degree. Fake banking degree. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, we feel bad for this guy, and we've taken more of his money than we should have. So what were those jobs as you were kind of bouncing around? You know, when did you find out that maybe this was something, the writing thing, that you're good at? Did you know it, obviously, at a young age? Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew it uh, at a young age. I was always the, the best writer around. No, I, I'm just <laughs> getting <laughs> you, I'm There actually, are a bunch uh, of writers all sitting around yeah. this table. I'm thinking, like, every one of them, I'm looking at every single one of them, and they probably all think that about themselves. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. no I was actually just terrible at math, so I had to find okay. something I could do, and that was writing. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I covered a lot, all different kinds of beats uh, as a writer. Um, I, I worked for a long time as a business writer, and the, the first stories I really ever wrote about breweries were uh, when I worked for three years in Longmont okay. at the Daily Times Call. I wrote about a couple of breweries that were up there, but in particular Left Hand, which was uh, had just... Um, gotten off the ground a few years earlier yeah. and they were tiny and they went to the they were going to the american great american beer festival and so i would go down to the festival and and uh write about what they were doing down there but that was that was those were the first stories that i got to write about beer and in between that job and when i did my second stint at westward which started in uh, 2007 mm-hmm. I just started drinking crap beer all the time. That was that was really basically all that I all that I had. So when I got back here, I realized no, no one was really writing about beer at the time. Okay. Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News had a little bit going on. There were the two Mountain, bloggers. The Rocky yeah, the Rocky Mountain yeah. News. That was a, a former paper, <laughs> sadly. Yeah, for, for those of those of you that listen in on this podcast, Denver once upon a time. Had two major newspapers plus Westward. Hunter S. Thompson used to write for Rocky Mountain News a lot. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that actually. Yeah. Well, we uh, rest in peace, Jonathan's ex best friend and the Denver po- the yeah. Rocky Mountain News. Excuse yeah. me, the Rocky Mountain News. But um, sorry, I interrupt okay. mostly for effect. Nonstop. Yeah. Uh, so now he lost his train of thought. Okay, uh, so you're right. Uh, you're you're about? Okay, no, ah, you were the only writer you're, doing you're craft beer. I knew exactly where we were. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so <laughs> I started writing about it, and then uh, shortly thereafter, Strange, you know, Strangecraft opened. I was writing about the big breweries, but then Strangecraft was the first new tap room in Denver to open in a while, and and to open as just a tap room. They didn't bottle, they didn't can, they didn't have food. They were just a tap room, and they were the first. They were the first ones in Denver to to do that. What? Okay. Yeah. Let's. Can we? I want to walk back to that moment. Yeah. yeah. What was the conversation in Denver about such a, an enterprise? Like. Like people strange. going, this shit yeah. is never going to happen. This isn't going to last. This is a bad idea. Like, what's, what's the pulse of the yeah. industry? I mean, I think people were hopeful that they'd be able to do something, but it was definitely something new to have, okay. to, to not package and to not have food. It just, it didn't seem like a business model that would take off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the time. Okay. At what, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so what year was that? That was uh, 2010. 2010. Okay. And 2000. 
God, I was here, and it I remember so all the. It seems, not, yeah, it's so recent in memory, but in craft beer years, which apparently multiply worse than dog years, that's no, a I long think time ago. You spent a lot of time there, you Brian and I both. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, close yeah. to the house, my house, in the in back in the day, and John actually, John Reef yeah, yeah. can attest to having probably been dragged there by my brother <laughs> more than once, because um, it was in a, sh- in a in a rougher part of town. Yeah, caught myself there. What um, what were those? Yeah. You know. We never asked Kevin Delang this, but what was the what were those kind of legacy breweries thinking of the tap room only approach? As a, you know, not just the beer drinker, but but the business, the beer, the brewery owner. Did did they see that perhaps as a good model, or, or they were just kind of it was like an experiment that they were ready to watch? I, I think they were ready to watch. I don't think they thought it was a good model. Uh, no, no one had ever done it. I they didn't. I I think that some people didn't think it was even necessarily legal. <laughs> and uh, I, but it, but it was. Okay. Uh, and you mentioned Kevin Delang. Um, he he had the the first uh, uh, tap room only brewery, I think, in the state uh, uh, when he opened. And um, so Strangecraft, you know, looked to him uh-huh. and said, "Well, if they can do it, we can do it." Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think he mentioned who's the, who's the Strangecraft guy? Is it uh, t- Tim? 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 Straight, the strange, strange yeah, 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 Tim Meyer, Tim Meyer, yeah, 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 yeah. was Kevin, one of his guys. Yeah, was Kevin one of his guys. It's yeah, kind of being those two working a lot together. Okay, just to put it in perspective too, this is just hit me mentally. Um, 2010 would actually have strange craft would have come after the legalization of marijuana in the city in the state of Colorado. Really? So yeah. Okay. Because uh, I think that happened in '09 technically. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're. I mean, I guess. My point really is that craft beer is still really in, a, in an infancy, so to speak, or maybe it's in its like asshole toddler years. Um, I, I can say that because I have a toddler. Yes, exactly. And Sam has two. Two. Um, but I mean, w- w- back in 2010, did you think you'd have a career being the craft beer writer in Denver? Well, I, I, for starters, I'm not sure if it's a career. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being honest. Right, it does not pay. Uh, you know that that's that's not a it's not a thing that pays. Um, Is money. it your passion though? Is yeah, it? it's a it's a passion. Okay, and it's fun, and uh, I really I enjoy the, you know, I just I enjoy the people I've met and I, the people I meet all the time, and uh, I enjoy writing business stories, business style stories about the breweries. I, I enjoy talking to all of them, so it's a way for me to stay. A little bit in journalism, and for me to stay in beer. Um, but at the time, no, I did. I did not think that it was something that I would be able to write a story about every day. And if someone would let me, I could write two stories a day, you know, or more. So that is actually something that I wanted to just compliment you on because I think your beer writing is, and often, oftentimes, a breath of fresh air amidst the conversation of, of around craft beer in this town. Because I think that business perspective often gets overlooked when we're talking about yeast and hops. You know, the very technical stuff. So it's, it's I appreciate how you write because it's very, very informative. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. And you brought your most recent article, by the way. I see. Yeah, I just I had to bring it in. Um so, because I was on the cover. Okay, let's 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 talk <laughs> about. Oh, that is a picture of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> Wait, you gotta show the you gotta show it to uh, the video. There me. we go. There we go. So, tell us about this article because I, I read it. I loved it. Um, what what is it? What's the most recent one that you kind of put out in Westward? Correct. So yeah. So this is a this is the thirty most important beers in Colorado history. Okay. And it's obviously subjective. But I. Um, yeah, you gotta read it. Yeah. I didn't read it. No. It's it's a good one. 
It is. It was a dandy. Okay, so like, can you go just, ahead? I'm gonna. Continue you should dive research. right. You should dive right in right now. Yeah, yeah, honestly, the interview. <laughs> what made you decide? So you kind of rank things by eras, right? By by decades and a lot. What made you decide yeah. to go that route in terms of not macro versus micro or stuff like that? You know, I, I didn't want to. Well, first of all, I didn't want to do like a rundown of you know the 30th most important, the 29th, because right. I, I, I that would be this. This was hard enough just trying to come up with 30 that I could justify as being the most important. Uh-huh. Um, so ranking them di- didn't work for me. And the second reason is because I actually I'm coming out with a book in March on the history yeah. of beer and brewing in, in Denver. Nice. And so that history is on my mind and that history, uh, the way the book is organized also is historically. So that's why I did it that way. So I know we know the, you know, the, the kind of the, the figureheads of beer in this state. What, in your opinion, has Coors meant for craft beer in Colorado? Like, yeah. Then now, what do you see from your expert opinion? I think Coors established Colorado as a place to brew beer. Okay. It put Colorado on the map uh, as a as a place with great water and great beer because of the the ads that they that they ran, yeah. because of the Rocky Mountain Spring water, because of all of that. So people associated the, those two things. Uh, in addition, Coors, uh, you know, the stories that I've heard is that Coors helped out with the early craft brewers, mm-hmm. uh, gave them equipment, gave them advice, sent their people to help them out, gave them ingredients, sold them ingredients. Uh, That's a story that we are still hearing today, frankly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd say more than one out of every two interviews that we do, everybody has to pay respect to Coors for their support, whether it's financial or just being, uh, it's being supportive of the employees that were there yeah, who left to chart their own their own ventures. Unbelievable how much positive feedback we hear about Coors. So I think that's huge, personally. I'm blown away. Yeah. I'm blown away by it, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to realize, you know, to, to remember that they did they did help out. They they enjoy competition, but they did help those other breweries out. They had their, you know, they had some of their own reasons for it. The prohibition was still very fresh in the minds of. The Coors family, despite it having been a long time ago, because the Coors family was very insular and uh, they passed things on very closely. And they were afraid, you know, even in the 70s and 80s, that a a prohibition movement, a dry movement could come back. So having allies was important to them, Uh, people who were not corporations, people who were on the ground. And you may have heard this before from other folks, too, but that's that's a little bit. That's another reason why they were they were supportive. No, no, it makes total sense to me for sure. I, I, I get that. And even the state, um, I think Colorado, it differs a little bit from when you go to California, you go to Washington in terms of it is a little bit more insular here, I think, in a lot of ways. It's it's I wouldn't say that people are competitive in Seattle, but here it's almost like everybody is brother and sister in arms in a lot of ways. I don't, do you get that feel or, or am I off base? The, co- the Colorado, Colorado is a yeah, place? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard both supportive, things. supportive, I guess. Of, uh, of just a beer or... Familial. Just, yeah, familial. No, the brewers kind of, the brewers oh, yeah, as a that, whole here. Yeah, that that part of it. There are some real characters in, in Colorado and in Denver who have helped, um, who have taken that philosophy of, you know, of, of camaraderie and really pushed it and tried to tried to live it. I don't know. I, I know that it does exist in other states. I don't know to what degree. Now that we have so many breweries, that it's it's not around as much. Yeah. But it's 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 definitely still there, and there are still brewers and breweries that really 
that really, really try and remind people all the time about what what is supposed to make craft brewing different and what do, you know what does mm-hmm. make it different as an industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Were you going to ask a question? No, not at article. all. <laughs> not at all. I just sped read that article. You did. It was um, impressive. Yeah. I mean, I got the I got the highlights anyway. My favorite in there, by the way, before I forget, is your uh, your respect for comrade, which is they just want a shitload of GMF. Dude, yeah. Where's where is uh, where's David, David when David we need Marks. him? Uh, Jesus, that guy looked happy. Those guys were. They, that was the first. Like, That's he, the most emotion I've seen out of that guy ever in those pictures. Yes, for sure. That's insane. Um, which what? one, Dave or Marks? Da- no, David. David. Oh, Dave. Happier yeah. dogs. Yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> Marks. Marks was tough read to, the first time we met him too. But it, you know, David at least opened up a little bit, yeah. and we got to see some personality. But still, not a lot of physical, visceral emotion. I haven't been so, in that place where it wasn't relatively. Packed. Jesus, I, I love mean, that guy. Every time cool. I put on my comrade shirt now, yeah, I feel like I'm part of the family over I there. I it's feel good. like I did my part to help win that award. Um, having having digested and fully fully reflected on the 30 most important beers in Colorado <laughs> history by Jonathan Shikes, yeah, speed reader, the masterpiece uh, that it is. I'm, I'm intrigued by a couple of things myself. The first is, and this always cracks me up, not in a bad way um, because I, I, it pulls on some heartstrings for me, but anybody that pays homage to Dave Thibodeau is mm-hmm. got their shit figured out. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, my, not my family, my wife's family has a long, stormy history with Scott Brewing. Um, so much so that my wife was selling swag in the dorm rooms at Adams State and Fort Lewis College. Um, and uh, Scott's always an entertaining story at the very least. But um, that being said, I mean, Dave Thibodeau kind of seems to be the informal or unofficial yeah. spokesman for Colorado beer, whether everybody agrees with his thinking or not. Um, do you defer to him on some of this stuff? I mean... Or, do, or does does his opinion weigh in in any way whatsoever? Yeah, you know he's. I don't know if I would. He should be the the spokesman for Colorado beer. I, I don't know that he is because he's he's real. You know he's a very low key, very yeah. laid laid back guy, and I don't think that would be a role that he want, but a, a role that he would want. But man, he is funny. He is friendly. Uh, he embodies that thing you were talking about before about that collaboration and, yeah. and camaraderie, um, and he makes great beer. Yeah, his beer's pretty pretty fucking good. Pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. dandy. And yeah, I did I did run I did run these by him. I, I ran a bunch of stuff by him because he's been around for a long time and because he grew up in Denver and uh, or the Denver area yeah. and went to went to college uh, I think here uh, at a rare campus, I believe. Really? Yep. Oh, hey, that's a wedge. That's a, that's a wedge right there. There we go. We got it in. <laughs> How important is having those kind of insights? To what you do, I mean, it's got to be just invaluable, right? To have connections, people you can call and ask yeah. questions about what's happening. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely people who I trust and who I rely on in different, you know, different areas of the, of the, of the business. And I ran the store. I ran my, my choices by three different people who have been around for a long time, and they disagreed with some and suggested others. And I tinkered with my list a little bit. And and there's some, there's some that I was on the fence about and others that I wish I could have put in, but I, I really wanted to keep it to a small, you know, a small, a smallish number. It's a respectable list. It is. Be, I love to it. To be yeah, sure. It's yeah. Overwhelming. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know that it encompasses everything that's been done in beer mm-hmm. in Denver and Colorado, but that's not the point of a 30 under 30. Right. Yeah. So, um, 
No, 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 no. Hang on. Okay. All right. Jay, you, he's got a, he's got you, a question. I do. I do. This is, I think this is huge. I want to see Jonathan's cell phone because this man name-dropped Dave Thibodeau and just told us that he talked to two other notable brewers in town. I mean, <laughs> I got to believe that your favorites list in your cell phone is a who's who of brewers. I mean, like when Dave's in town, you guys get a beer? Uh, Should we be hanging out with you more? <laughs> sure. We're gonna go. We're gonna be like uh, groceries tomorrow. Oh, right nice! Yeah. we're gonna do or to come by. Yeah, we'll deliver the groceries in the snowstorm. Bring some whiskey, right? It's supposed to be good. Yeah, for there's recovery. two bottles in your front seat. I know, I know. I did take them inside <laughs> my house now. So yeah, I mean, you know, Dave. Dave comes over and we make lasagna usually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I would have picked him as an enchilada guy. I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I see. I see Dave when he's up in Denver. Sometimes. Okay. Um. I run into him all the time, and, and he and I talk but he he's a guy he's so easy to talk to he's such a good guy he's such a nice guy that i think he probably has that relationship with just about everybody he meets when he meets in person because it's hard not to it's hard not to joke with him it's hard not to have a good conversation with him yeah it makes total sense how do you balance the kind of fourth wall and covering and and, and wanting to kind of be friends with all these brewers because i mean obviously it is a familiar familial kind of industry and everything like that but i know you've got to write stories about collaborate not collaborations but mergers and all of this stuff that probably pisses some people off are you just you kind of go i, I got to do this this is my this is my ethic yeah i mean it depends on how what they pay me <laughs> uh, exactly. that's the right answer yeah, yeah good answer uh no i i wrote this expose right yeah but i don't have to co- run it there's only one copy I just need fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and free beer. Just yeah. wait until that uh, surgery bill shows up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is it something you have to manage a lot and balance? It, it is. Uh, you know, one of the lucky things for me is that I don't write reviews. I don't review the breweries. I don't review the beers. And that's that's um, that started as a Westward. Westward is real careful about reviews. They have they review restaurants okay. and they vet their restaurant reviewer carefully, and that's it. You know, she, uh, he or she has the opinions. You know, we can, you can somebody other people can like a meal or you know like this or like that or we you know have lists of favorites. But that's that's supposed to be the authority. And the same is true with the, the theater critic and the art critic. And then uh, the 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 parent company has some some movie critics. So I, I never did reviews because they didn't want to muddle they didn't want to muddle that up when I started. And and it sort of remained that way. And and I'm happy because I I wanted to do some reviews. But in the end, I think that ended up being being better that I didn't. Um, so what I ended up being is really just a reporter uh, writing. I write trend stories. I write business stories. I do lists. And yeah, there's there are likely some people who are not happy with that they weren't included in this. Uh, a lot of times there are people who are not happy that they are included <laughs> in oh. a list like this because yeah. they, they didn't get written about in the right way. But uh, I, I try to... You know, I try to write about the breweries that I like uh, if I'm doing trend stories and things like that. But really, I and and I try, you know, I don't write as much about the ones that I think are, are bad mm-hmm. um, because but I don't I don't come out. I don't often come out and say that kind of thing. But in terms of, you know, I, I keep I'm friendly with people. You, you have to keep people at an arm's length um, a little bit. Yeah. And and you just be honest. And then when they do, if something if there's something to write about, you write about it, and they appreciate it, and they appreciate. I guess knowing that you're not going to screw around based on, um, you know, I've I've written about brewers, brewers who I didn't like in person, but mm-hmm. made great beer because they made great beer. 
Yeah. What's so, more important to you, the brewer, or the brewer, or the brewer, or, or the, the beer? beer? The product. Yeah, it's gotta be the I think product. the beer and the brewery is is is, is more is important, important than the person. Because yeah. that's it. what people. I mean, yeah. that's what people are going there for. You know, if the if the brewer is not a nice guy or whatever, it doesn't that doesn't matter. You can I mean, bury that in the story a little bit. And well, still, I mean, still, still write about a good beer, right? Yeah. I mean, what matters to people is the beer and the, and their experience at the brewery. So that's that's the part that's that's the part that's important. Well, you heard it here first. If if Jonathan Shikes hasn't written about your brewery, chances are there's something that's not going quite right yet. <laughs> now, you could be on the list for soon, but yeah, who knows? So that all being said, get what, what, like, what are your top three breweries in Denver right now? Or yeah. top three beers, which is easier? We already know you're 30 for 30. So I mean, those are, those are historic beers. You know, those are, these aren't necessarily like the best beers or anything like that. Foundational um, beers. They're foundational beers. They're, they were game changers. I to be honest, I couldn't do my my favorite my favorite beers and breweries because they it just changes too much and I don't hang out at any one brewery enough because I'm always trying yeah. to try new breweries and new beers to really pay attention to what you know my favorites are. Um, the closest one to my house is Cerebral. All right, that was gonna be my question. So, so. that's 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 you know I go there a lot. Walking I, distance or oh yeah yeah it's like seven blocks away. Oh so. nice jackpot. Nice. What uh, not okay? So, breweries, yes. But what are the beer writers out there that you're reading that you really respect? Uh, not just here in Denver, but kind of around the country. Because I like to think I read a lot of this stuff just for for the for, for work and for and for this thing. And so, like, who are the ones that you're reading? Going, wow, this is this is really good stuff. Whether it be about their particular area or it be about craft beer uh, writ large. Yeah, I mean, you know, locally, the 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 folks who write about beer. Um, you know, are are usually terrific. Uh, you know, um, I see John Frank from Colorado Sun, uh, Ed C. Lover from Denver Business yeah. Journal, uh, Tristan from Porch Drinking. Yeah. Those, you know, those guys are those guys are everywhere. Uh, they're out there. Um, you know, and some of the, and there's folks from some of the other magazines and and uh, and and uh, other media outlets that, that do a really good job nationally. Um, there's a Oh God! What's it called? Now I'm spacing it. The guy in Portland who is a great, great blogger. Um, okay. Uh, he's terrific, and uh, we'll find out his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's a bunch. There's John Hall. There's, um, and now, now, you, now that I'm on the spot here, uh, all their names. Even though I was, no, you're good. You're even good. though I was looking I at all their your stuff name. all weekend long. It's, on yeah, your hat. it's, it's Ed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, there's there's a there's a real it's a real small group of, of beer writers who are really well known who are out there. Uh, Kate Berno, yep. if I'm saying that right. Yep. Um, Tara Nuren, who does uh, I think Forbes writing, is, yeah. is, does some real good stuff. Yeah. You know, good beer hunting gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I know I'm missing some other folks. No, Tara, I, Tara, I like. I mean, she. She doesn't really pull any punches, right? She kind of goes yeah. right after the, the the controversial issues in the in the industry, and yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. jo- you know, Josh Bernstein writes for the mm-hmm. Times and a, and a lot of other publications. That's um, who I'm interviewing next New York week. Times. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm New York. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to this local bar. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Josh Noel from the Chicago Tribune okay. is okay. is one of the leading beer writers uh, in the country. So sweet. sweet. Yeah. But you started it, so fuck this Josh Bernstein guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we got Shikes. Well, the yeah, it. it's a Shikes of Palooza. I, well, before we talk yeah. about GBF, because I know I don't want to get to there. You left Westward. You came back to Westward. I think we, as people who've lived here for a long enough time, recognize how great Westward is. What is it about that paper that makes it work? 
Besides the nudie bar ads. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, those are those are uh, key. God bless. But I mean, there's good journalism in this thing. They, yeah. No, there writing. really is, yeah. and. You know that you know it's a good um, newspaper or magazine when it gets blocked in my office because <laughs> yeah. the writing is that good. It's so good. I'm, I'm serious. Like I can't read this shit at work, unfortunately. But yeah, this is how. I mean, how long has this been around? It's been around for uh, I believe almost 40 years. Yeah. 35, 40 wow. years. Okay. Uh, I think it was founded in 70. Yeah, Patty's gonna kill me. 77, maybe. Uh, this is from a guy that uh, ran the joint for 10 years. But right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I read it when I was in high school in the 80s. Yeah. And I loved it. It, I, I, it was huge. You know, it was huge back then. Yeah. And in the and in the 80s and 90s, it was 180 pages. You know, now, now it's 60. Wow. But, 180 um, pages? Yeah. Jeez. Holy shit. And that's just, you know, that's the way media, print media is gone. Yeah. Sure. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But it's managed to change with the times and stay relevant. It's really hard now just being a print publication to mm-hmm. be relevant, but online there's there's dozens of stories that they do every day. There's news and arts and food and drink and music, uh, the, uh, art, uh, you know, theater. There's there's all kinds of things. Plus the investigative, the investigative stuff has has gotten less and less, but there's still some some great stories. They had different angles. Um, and you know, calling things like they are. Yeah. Now it's not it's not perfect, but it does a a good job of, of seeing what's going on in the city and either calling it out or or approaching with a with an angle that's different than a lot of a lot of media. Where does Westward source its uh, journalists? Is there one spot that pulls from? No, no, they they come from all over. I mean, when I got hired, I was a daily reporter for a you know a small paper in Longmont. We're doing business stories. There's uh, been Pulitzer Prize winners who've come through. Um, there's been people right out of college uh, who have shown that they're they understand what a story is, how to go after it, how to how to be fair, how to be honest, how to have a how to have an angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they come from all over. They come from Colorado. They come from other states. It's uh, over the years. It's been a real wide variety of folks. I do enjoy reading it. It's a good poem. Yeah, I can't ever resist grabbing one when I see it. The problem is, as I start thinking about it and racking my brain, either I don't spend enough time in places anymore where it's readily available, um, which may say something about my character as I get older. It's, the, the online stuff is fantastic. Yeah, well, and I, again, I, yeah. I just get so restricted at you, and my, you can't read. And my well, this was this is your chance. Lots this of pictures, baby. Lots of pictures. Starts here. <laughs> okay, so uh, GABF 2019 oh, yeah. just yep. wrapped up. What did you come away thinking? Um, what about session the experience were you experience and about the beers? Um, I was there. I was supposed to be there Thursday night. I did not end up going. I wasn't feeling so hot. Um, I went on Friday and I went on Saturday okay. uh, afternoon. Do you like and GABF? Do I like it? Yeah, by the way. Like, uh, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. I get excited every year. I love the bagpipes. Yeah. You know, the when things kick off. Yeah. Uh, I like trying new beers. I love seeing people. I love running into people randomly. I love people watching. Yeah. I wish there were more chairs so I could sit down. I don't know what happened. One year they had like like hundreds of chairs everywhere. So High you could tops like and stuff. Take a yeah. breath. You could take a breath. You could rest. You could write your notes if you had any. Yeah, good point. And then they got rid of all the chairs. And I'm, you know, old now, and so I need a place to sit down. And uh, there's no, there's no freaking no place to sit down anywhere. there. I gotta imagine one of those chairs ended up in like a WWE Raw moment. Oh yeah, probably <laughs> at the convention center. <laughs> and yeah, um, sure. they were Maybe. like, "Huh, 
We should probably not have so many chairs readily available for drunk yeah, people. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what it was. Somebody smashed one over somebody else's back. Yeah. They used it to knock the glass out of somebody's hand, right. which is by far my worst experiences at GABF. But anyway, I digress. It's okay. As he drinks his water, what'd yeah, you learn? He's got to wet the. What'd you learn that you were kind of think that only you could have learned at GABF this year? It was a it's a strange year because it was a, there's a lot of strange things going on. Mm-hmm. In beer, I think the uh, the Brewers Association, which puts it on, is still transitioning away from its sponsorships with uh, with the big brewers, with the the Coors's and the Blue Moons, and the Millers and the Buds, and the Coronas. Anybody else? <laughs> the anybody, anybody, the, yeah. yeah. Anybody else? They've sliced right. off the list, right? Um, and the Founders and the Averys. You know, so uh, man, it sounds like they're making enemies. Lagunitas and Flying Dog. Uh-huh. Jeez. Flying Dog is uh, took themselves out, but uh, so they're they're still trying to figure figure that out. They they need those big sponsors. They have Jameson. Last year they had Buffalo Wild Wings. This year they had the Hot Dog and Sausage Council. I think okay. you know with the Wiener Mobile. Why the Wiener Mobile? Yeah, that's why the Wiener Mobile was there. Okay. Yep. Okay. So would you say they're grasping a little bit too much? That they're what? We're grasping a little bit too much, or they're getting a little. I don't want to. I don't want to use the word desperate, but. No, it's just it's such a huge it's a, a huge event. They're trying to bring in people from around the country. The breweries in other parts of the country don't necessarily want to come anymore because they don't need to. There's thousands and thousands of them. It, it's just it's you know my feeling for the last two years actually has been that they 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 need us they're going to need to think about um, new some new formats and and ways to do it. Whether they make it a smaller again. Whether they provide some sort of incentives for breweries, other breweries around the country, whether they hold a, a regional one or two regional uh, events, which is which would be extremely difficult because they have such an infrastructure yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. But I, I think they, they really need to start thinking on how they're going to change things. And then the beverages themselves. We'll see what happens with CBD and with uh, seltzer and with THC and with every other kind of beverage. What do you predict? Uh, I'm always wrong. Well, I'm not always wrong. Actually, I'm always right. Oh, God damn it. He's always right. He's like, shit, I got to write, uh, the, I gotta write yeah. a story before surgery tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, do you have butcher paper in the typewriter at home? Do I ever what? Butcher paper in the typewriter at home? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah. Just, oh, yep. oh yeah. okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's hard for me to imagine that Seltzer is going to be what it is right now next year uh, you know cider people always say is like one to two percent of the market mm-hmm. seltzer was one to two percent of the market over the summer i think it's maybe bigger than that now the at the rate is growing it's going to be it would be huge but i don't know if that rate is going to stay is going to stay what it is i just next summer i think seltzer will be part of what it what it gets drink but i don't know that it will be quite the you know the buzz that is that went on this year. I feel you, like there's warehouses just stocked full of seltzer. They're going to be like army surplus stores in 20 years or something. Yeah, yeah. which is weird. It, but you, but you kind of think it's just going to be part of the natural landscape. Uh, yeah, I think it will be, and I think there will be breweries that will stick that will stick with it, and they'll they'll keep making it, and others that'll say we don't need that. I, I think breweries do need other options. They need. Um, they need to have a gluten-free option, and maybe they have maybe they have a seltzer. Maybe it's somebody else's seltzer. 
I guess breweries tell, breweries tell me all the time that we would all be surprised about how many people come in and say, I don't drink beer, what else do you have? And they say, we're a brewery, we make beer, that's what we have. But they're trying to provide something else. I heard it's easy to make, too. I mean, the brewers yeah. can turn it out pretty fast and yeah. put it on taps. So. And, yeah. and what did Josh say at New Terrain? That uh, they stock everything because their customers ask for it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. if they don't if they don't have it on the on the bar shelf behind the bartender, beer tender, yeah. uh, the moms and dads and whoever else that are rolling in are going to bring it themselves, and then they're just going to have a bigger problem on their hands. Hey, so yeah. I feel like that that's a fair point, right? If, if, you're, if you're trying to sell something, and now you got to cater to a lot more damn people, mm-hmm. you might as well make your own. Aside from potentially making a seltzer, did you notice breweries maybe pivoting towards something that might attract a seltzer drinker at all? Just any of those trends with you know fruit beers or anything like that? Well, there's Lighter if you don't IPAs. like if you don't like the taste of beer, then no. But if yeah. you do, there's uh, uh, Oscar Blues uh, just came out with a hundred calorie hazy IPA. Okay, wow. that was followed by Odell, which did the uh, sorry Avery, which did the same thing. And Odell is going to put one out in November. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that uh, they're low carb or they're or you know lower carb, I mm-hmm, guess three point mm-hmm. five grams. I think you know they have in there and a hundred calories. I think that is what's attractive for a lot of people about seltzer is because of the lower carbs and the lower calories. It's also what's attractive about, um, you know, Bud Bud Light and Miller Light and, uh, and, you know, those, those, those beers. Yeah. But they taste a lot different. They definitely do. So, uh, any other trends that you pulled out? There was a lot of, there were a lot of non-alcoholic beers. That was Mm -hmm. interesting. Were there really? Yeah. And that's a, that's a two, that's, that's a two part trend because i guess people are drinking non-alcoholic beer that's what i've that's what i've been hearing but at the same time there's a lot of non-alcoholic beer that's being brewed so that it can then be brought over to a different facility and then infused with either uh with cbd or thc the 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 brewery that won one of the medals for non-alcoholic beer uh does that it's called two roots it's in san diego okeah and they two roots the company that owns them also bought Dad and Dude's Breweria yes, here in town. Yes, yes, yes. So they're working on a couple of fronts for non-alcoholic THC beers, alcoholic CBD beers, a whole bunch of different, a whole bunch of different products. Mary, what's going to happen to Hazy's? <laughs> what's that? What's going to happen to Hazy's? Oh, Hazy's are, gonna, the, Hazy's are here for the long run. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Are you a fan? I'm. I'm a big fan of Hazy's. I'm a big fan of of uh, a bitter, clear West mm-hmm. Coast. Uh, uh, IPAs as well. I, I think the my hope is that the breweries that do hazies really, really well, or even just really well, will stick around and keep doing them. And the ones that maybe don't pull it off as well, will go back to doing something else. Okay. The demand for the hazies perhaps will uh, will not be quite as intense as as it has been for the last year or two. But I, I really think uh, those beers opened up a new uh, people who did not like beer before. Yeah, I really think they added uh, added a market with the, that style of beer, so I think they're they're here they're going to be here and, and they're going to be in demand. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good point. Like Keep I think a lot of them. people forget that a juicy bits invites people to drink an IPA or even some of the stuff that Rubens is doing out in uh, in Washington. It's the same kind of thing. It's 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 a big fruity beer, but you can easily walk people back towards that clear IPA once they have a taste for it. For sure. Yeah, and even if they don't, they can just keep drinking their hazies. Exactly. With the sweet, they're sweet. <laughs> exactly. They're not bitter. They have they're full of fruit and tropical yeah. flavors, and and you know, it's it's, good. they're fun to drink. 
One last Speaking question. Of tropical. What's the hat yeah. mean? What's yeah. the hat? That's a good transition. You're yeah, fucking learning, dude, Jay. I, no, Gosh. man, I'm <laughs> setting the bar higher and higher every fucking episode. You are. Uh, th- this is, and I've had a, a a good angle here too, because there's a little a little extra love on the underside of the bill of the hat. Okay. okay. Little, yeah, it's a little map, little map yeah. of Hawaii on the okay. bottom. In, in case Jonathan gets lost, I guess I yeah. don't know. Uh, the hat. When I turned forty ten years ago, I I, I decided. Uh, uh, I was going to do all, do a bunch of things that I had never done before, okay. get it done before I turned 40, and I called it Strikes of Palooza because, you know, the, the music festival Lollapalooza was mm-hmm. so fun to say. And then, uh, I don't know, I didn't really get many of them done, <laughs> but this year I decided I was going to, before I turned 50, this last March, that I was going to do, I was going to say yes to every travel opportunity I got, I was going to finish my book, do whatever I needed to do, and make it Strikes of Palooza. And then I was had the chance to go with my wife, uh, my sister, my wife's family, uh, and some other some other friends uh, out to Hawaii for uh, for a week, for longer than a week, awesome. uh, for my fiftieth birthday. So that that's what we called Strikes of Palooza, and they had I these. Cool. Had the hats, hats done made. for you. Those are dope hats. Yeah. All right. Before we forget, um, where can we follow you? Where can we read your stuff? And when does the book come out? So uh, Westward.com is where. Majority of the stories are. I write occasionally for other other papers. Uh, on on Facebook, I'm it's Colorado Beer Man or Jonathan Colorado Beer Man Shikes. Twitter, Instagram, same thing. Colo Colo Beer Man. Colo okay. Beer And the book uh, will hopefully come out. It's a history of Denver beer and brewing. It's scheduled for March, so we'll see. Hopefully, that's when it'll be out. March 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know. We will plug this shit out. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. Like we'll a, do a, an awesome. We'll awesome do whatever movie. we got to do. Thank I you. read a book. Awesome. I read a beer book once. You did? Did you read the the uh, homebrewing book? No, no, never read no, that. No, no, no. All right, Goose, the Goose Island. Let's book. do a cheers with the guy there who's drinking oh, that water. Dude. He's got a big <laughs> day tomorrow. He's got Sorry a big day. No, you're yeah, good. Hang you're in good. there, Jonathan yeah. Shakes. Cheers. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Sorry that I was uh, really, really late. That is uh, not my mo. So I am very, I'm really sorry. I'm very embarrassed, but. No, all good. Thanks for having me on here. It's he, was in good, he was in good company. Eh, I, maybe. Yeah. John's here. Not me, yeah. yeah. Okay. Not me. Steph, Steph, Steph was entertaining him. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you Thanks, so, man. so much. When they come to take you down.